Father, we call on you this morning. We call on you to be here with us, Father God, to strengthen us and to speak to us to the deep needs that are in this room right now, to the deep needs that are within our culture right now. Father, we pray that you, as we gather here today, that you would give us the ability to hear you and that you would speak to us and allow us, Father God, to understand what you are saying to us as a people and as your children and as a church. Come, Holy Spirit, I pray. Meet the needs that are here today. Meet every need. Answer the questions. Strengthen the weaknesses. Revive the hopes. Correct our perspectives. Come, O Holy Spirit, I pray. We are dependent on you this morning. We lean on you, Jesus. We lean on you this day. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, if you desire to speak through the body in a picture or word scripture or, or thought, Father, we just open up ourselves to you. Father, your word says in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven then will I forgive their sin. Then will I heal their land. Our land needs healing. Yes, Lord. We need healing as a people. We need to come together. The desolation of this place has started to encompass the body and we've started to give way in some areas. Father, you brought us together as a body to be a body, not separated from each other, but steadfast before you in front of each other. Yes. And so I lift our brothers and sisters up across this country and say, in Jesus' name, take heed to this word. And I simply say to you, my Father, thank you. Fear not, little flock. I am the Lord your God. Fear not. I am your peace. I am your strength. I am the one who will hold you. Draw near to me. Draw near to me and trust me. Look not to what is around you. Look to me. There is no fear in my presence. Trust me. I am the Lord, your God. I am with you. I will be with you until the end of the age. Thank you, Father. We praise you. 
time in front of you. We take time to sit in front of you, Father, and present ourselves to you this morning. Thank you for your word, Lord. I believe the Lord wants to, you know, um, the word comfort is coming to me. I think the Lord wants to comfort us this morning. Um, it, uh, I was thinking it downstairs. These are hard times. These are hard times uh, for many reasons. Um, and I, I just believe the Lord wants to comfort us this morning in some way, shape, or form. He's saying, you know, that he's with us and that we're not to fear. It's probably the biggest, the biggest, well, it's all, isn't it all through scripture? It's the most common statement from the Lord is to fear, not to fear, and to fear not uh, that he is with us. And it really is the truth. Um, he is with us. And so much doesn't make sense. You know, so much is happening in ways that we never thought it would happen. But uh, God is saying that he's with us this morning. And he wants to comfort, wants to comfort us. Um, yeah, I'm just going to leave that word out there for a minute, that word comfort. I just feel, Lord, if you want to say anything into that word of comfort or just how you want to comfort us, Lord, this morning. I just, Father, say come. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and comfort us with the truth. Come and comfort us with your presence. Let us open ourselves to you this morning. Let us open ourselves to what you are saying. We have spent a whole week hearing what everybody else is saying. But Father, I just want to open ourselves this morning to what you are saying to us. That you want to comfort us and let us know that things are not out of control. That things are not out of control. They're not out of control in your life and they're not out of control out there. There is no such thing as chaos and out of control in God's economy of things. God has things exactly where, for better or for worse, <laughs> it's hard for us to know the intersection between man's doing and God's doing. It's very hard to know that intersection. But we are a people of faith. We are a people who believe that God is in some way sovereign over tough situations and over good situations. That when things are going seemingly in a very strange direction, that's because it looks strange to us. But God is in the midst of all that. God is doing what God is wanting to do. And uh, so we just, Father, we just give you back your sovereign state, your sovereign position over things, over our life, and over circumstances, and trust that we are in your hand, that we are in your hand, Lord. Yeah. No matter what your eyes may see, mm. no matter what your ears may hear, all is well. Yes. Amen. Yes. <laughs> all is well. But you know what? That takes faith. And we say, well, wh what does faith look like in that situation? Uh, to have a scripture like that said to us. Um, and we just uh, throw our hands up in the air and say, oh, it falls well. And that's all the way it is. No, we are going to have to grab a hold of that with faith. 
we have to grab a hold of that and in the spite of situations that we are in, in the spite of what may be happening, in spite of all that might be going on, the faith aspect of living in that truth is saying, is rehearsing the fact that it is true. Rehearsing the fact that it is true. That no matter what the eye may see or the ear may hear, it's actually an old song, but that we would know that all is well. And there's times that we probably don't think all is well. No, you, you <laughs> come on, you guys know the times that you've thought that not all is well. And you've kind of figured what is going on. Those are the times where we have to go back into uh, what we fundamentally believe, that God is in control and things are going to work out and God has got a, a, a plan in the midst of uh, what might look like chaos no matter what the eye may see or the ear may hear. Lord, we just wait in your presence. Wait in your presence. last night for Sunday evening the word that God gave me was he said if you being evil know how to give, how to give good gifts to your children won't God do even better as your father mm. I began to weep because I began to see all the times that God has protected me yeah. kept me guided me didn't re didn't not realizing that he's been there all along. Yes. And whatever we need, all we have to do is call on him. Mm. He says, I am a good father. Yes. Believe and call on me when you need me. Yes. He has good gifts for his children. Mm. But he said, call on me. Yes. And believe it. Yeah, thank you, Reg. And if ever there was a time that we need to call on God, it's it's now to know how to do that and to feel that God is a good father and that in the midst of difficult things happening that God is still good you know God gives good gifts that hasn't changed that hasn't changed and the good gift he might give is peace the good gift he might give is hope the good gift he might give you is just another day or paying off a bill, or getting a financial blessing, or having a relative uh, come to faith, or having a family come back into unity. These are the good gifts. To have that sense of peace in the midst of struggle and turmoil. To have hope in the midst of struggle and turmoil. Um, there's, just, uh, like there's just a real calling in this place right now. God, I just feel calling out to God. Like If you haven't done it before, you really need to learn how to call out to God and trust God and get in front of God and have God in your life. Not treat it like some kind of a Sunday ritual, but that it is a, a living reality in your life. It's not just something you think about every once in a while, but it is something you are leaning on every day. This is what God's calling. There's a real call to faith here this morning. A real call, it's time to get serious. It's time to get uh, serious about God. It's time to get serious about who you're serving. It's time to get serious about decisions in your life. It's time to let go of some things and, and you know what those are and to grab on to God. I mean, it's, it's a, we're going to need every bit of space in us. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're going to need every bit of space in us serving God. We're going to need every bit of space in us walking with God. And I think there's and it's not like God is reprimanding. It's not that kind of thing. He's inviting. He's inviting. Now's the time to confess. Now's the time to repent. Now's the time to say, I will. Now's the time to say, I'm going to change. Now's the time to say, help me, Lord. I really believe God wants to give good gifts and that he is with us and that he's walking with us. But there is that part where we have to let him in. You know, we have to let him in. We have to be willing for the change. We have to be willing for the walk. We have to be willing.
And I don't know how that all is in each of your lives, but it seems that's what God's saying here. Father, I just pray this morning that if that is the case, that Father God, there's just whatever I just said there was resonating with someone. I just pray, Father God, that you show them how you want them to do this, how you want this to happen and come about. Pray, Father. Bill, could you turn that heat off, please, that one there? Thank you. Comfort. I want to comfort you. I want to hold you close, right next to my very heartbeat. valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough places plain and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Barbara. I think that's what we call in church uh, confirmation. You want to pick the microphone up so they can hear you. You had the same scripture? Um, the first is it's Isaiah 40, mm -hmm. and that's the first verse reads, Comfort, comfort my people, mm. says your God. God says that. Comfort. Mm. Mm. And then verse 11 says, He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart to gently lead those who have young. And the last verse we know very well. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Mm. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary, and they will walk and not be faint. So God is speaking. He's saying something about comfort this morning. And the idea around comfort is not that everything will be comfortable. We would be naive, stupid, and blind to look at history and to look at our own walks to think that what God is saying there is everything is going to be easy. That's absolutely not the case. But what God is saying is that he's going to comfort us through it. That when you're running a long way, you won't grow weary. That when you are tired, you will mount up with wings. That God will bring what is needed for the circumstance you are in. Not that you will not go through the circumstance, but that you will have something peculiar in the circumstance. Whether it be a scripture or some kind of supernatural God coming in and just giving you strength all of a sudden. But God is saying that comfort and his comfort that he wants to give you this morning, we might have to make a transactional change here. Because we have been taught for many decades that the blessing of the Lord is creating a comfortable life. You know what I'm saying? And that's what we've been taught. We have been taught, maybe not directly from a pulpit here, but from wherever, that God's blessing and presence with you is most often identified with everything turning out okay. And yet, how does that make you feel and me feel when things don't turn out okay? 
in the sense that we want them to we want that fixed and we want that paid and we want that repaired and we want that the way we would like to have it. And obviously God's idea of comfort and, and what has been spoken to us about what comfort is is two different things. And we have an option. We can look at the situations we're walking in and just absolutely fall apart and rehearse how terrible it is, re rehearse how terrible life is, rehearse how terrible everything is going. Woe is me. This is being, you know it, you've talked to people. I've talked to Christians who are this way. I've been this way. Where all you want to do is talk about how horrible your life is. And you know what it does? Nothing. And it actually makes it worse. And if our life continuously gets worse, I'm not saying it's the only reason, but we have to sometimes look at what's coming out of our mouth. What is coming out of our mouth? Reg stood up and said, our God is a good God, and he remembered the good things that God has done for him. I think that's a far more productive way of spending our time. And honestly, there has to be a change in the way we speak in the way we think and what we're rehearsing. This isn't new to you. You understand this. But there's such a, there's such a push towards negative today with what's happening in our culture that we have to be really careful. And I want to talk about that a little bit. But we have to be really careful that we don't get in it. But God is saying this morning that his comfort is a comfort that does not necessarily cause you to escape difficulties, but goes into difficulties with you. And if that is not the God that maybe you want to serve, then it's Christianity is the wrong faith for you. Because Christianity is riddled, riddled with difficult, hard situations all through history. I mean, Jesus was killed. All the disciples were killed. Now, I'm not saying that we have to think our whole life is going to be horrible. That's not it. But we, it, what God is saying specifically this morning is he wants to comfort us, but we have to understand what that comfort looks like. And if we keep on looking for him to make our life physically, psychologically better and financially better, and that's what's going to make it, you know, comfortable uh, and take away all of the strains and the stresses and the, the unfinished things, if that's what we're looking for, then that's gonna, that might be a long wait. But he is saying that I will comfort you in it. I will give you strength in it. I will give you a hope. And yes, God will come along. I'm not saying God's not going to do miracles. We've seen him do miracles already. Um, you know, it, I, I prayed for somebody, and it, this is no testament to me, but somebody had a really bad back situation, had fallen and, and really hurt the, the back. And, you know, I was talking to them on the phone and we got talking and then we said, well, let's just pray. No great lightning bolts, but we prayed. And the next morning, I mean, and they have medical knowledge. They know what damage was done there and how serious it was. And it was totally gone the next morning. So y y along the way you go, well, gee, that was pretty good. And it's a little indication that, you know, I'm with you. Um, I had someone uh, who I've not heard from for two years. Um, get in touch with me by email this week and uh coincidentally out of nowhere he sent this he's a christian and sent this little kind of talk about this spiritual truth that god had shown him that week and he just thought to send it to four people and i was one of them i never heard from him for two years and guess what's in that psalm 27 which is the signature psalm for me with this with the journey that i am walking and he even had pieces of it highlighted, which are the parts that are highlighted to me. God's little ways of saying, don't worry, I'm with you. I'm with you. Everything is still going wild, let me tell you. But the fact is, when you know God is with you in it, it does give you an assurance and some stability. It may not take the cancer away, but it will allow you to walk it with a hope and with a sense of peace and maybe and you might fall off that wagon but God will bring you back on God has been sending me things like that for 14 months 
And so God never gets tired of encouraging you. He never gets tired of helping you out. He never gets tired of saying, I'm with you. you God will never lose patience with you. I'm the living example <laughs> of that. He'll never lose patience with you. Because he could send that on Tuesday, and by on Wednesday I could be back saying, God, I need you today. That was Tuesday. This is Wednesday. And you know what? God will... So this idea of God's comfort, we have to start becoming Christians <laughs> instead of consumers. We need to start becoming people who believe that God is with them and that will give us the strength we need, will give us the indications we need, will give us the directions we need to have. One of the, one of the blessings uh, that I have had over the last little while has been watching, uh, and I'm going to embarrass you, Trisha, but Trisha Picklum, who, you know, has had the heart condition, and I said it to her the other day, um, a third of her heart is working, and it's tough. It's hard. It's very hard. Um, and it's limited so much that she's able to do. But how long's it been, Trisha? It's been a year, three years. Holy cow. Over that, and I, yes, that's right. How time flies when you're having fun. Um, having fun trying to get up the steps. Um, yeah, uh, and I've been close with Trish over those three years, as you all have, and I don't think any of you have heard her complain. I haven't. I have not heard once where she is, woe is me, or nothing. And I could think of no better example of the Christian faith in action. It's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful, and it just beams Christ. Because she wouldn't be able to do that if she didn't know Christ. It's hard. And a lot of people don't know just how hard it is for Tricia. But yet, in our midst is a beautiful example. And, and many of you have been the same type of an example, I'm sure, at some point. But God is saying, that's what my comfort looks like. And to be able to be in Trisha's situation and to be able to be smiling, laughing, and positive I don't know what the world needs right now, but I think it needs a little bit of that. You know what I mean? And where did she get it? From her faith in Christ. And she, she, may <laughs> she may have bawling, crying sessions at home, pounding the floor. I don't know. But all I know is that where it counts, Jesus is glorified and shows up through her, ex through her experience. So... I think that's what God's saying to us about comfort today. Don't, don't, Mary, you want to come up? Yeah, don't be, don't lose the sense that God is with us and comforting us just because the situation has not changed. I think all those things that you're saying, um, that we're going to get in that secret place with him. That's right. When, when we just get in that place where we're crowded with him and He's going to fill us with everything yes. that we need. Yeah. That secret place means just a place with you and God. That could be, be you sitting on your couch and just thinking. It could be, be you reading the Bible. It could be a deep, hard prayer. It could be walking in the forest. It could be walking on a beach. It could be sitting on a bus. But in those times where you just go inward and you just say, God, you and me what are you saying and, and 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 God will speak as he did last week when we asked him to give us words of how he thought about us and the beautiful things that were spoken uh, here last week to us um, I want to jump to something here uh, this week has been an unfortunate week for the church uh, Many of you know the situation that happened in Amherst. Um, and uh, for those who do not know what happened in Amherst, uh, a church had a, a camp meeting, uh, five, five nights of camp meeting. And um, that for those who don't know what that means, that means just services through the week. 
it's an old school term for having special meetings at a church. And uh, apparently there was, uh, you know, some problems in people coming who were not vaccinated and maybe there were some other things going on around being close and stuff like that, don't know. But um, nonetheless, what happened is that, uh, that was in late October, what happened is that there was an outbreak of COVID from those services and which, and they checked them back as public health does. Three people died and a bunch of people got infected with COVID because of these meetings. So it wasn't a great day uh, for the church this week. Um, and especially the response that was given by the church. But as I thought about it, um, I, I was driving in the car when I heard the story. And uh, I said, Dad, what? What, 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 what did we do wrong here? What, what happened? And all that came to me is love your neighbor. And the scripture, we have it there, Jeremy, thank you. Matthew 22, 36 to 40. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. And that, that's, there's a full-time job. And if, and if we think that that is not going to take effort and discipline, and, and it, it does. This is the first and greatest commandment. And a second is equal. It's now it's equal. It's not less than it's equal important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. We are to love our neighbor. Now, whether it was through the neglect, out and out neglect of the, prior of the protocols for COVID, or maybe they didn't know. How th because heaven knows the protocols for churches is <laughs> it's, it's hard to understand. And I had them downstairs and we were talking with Heather and them and we were trying, we we're reading them and going, what is that saying? Like, what, what does that say? But nonetheless, whether it's through uh, neglect or, or just not knowing, three deaths occurred. And what was, what was so disheartening was the response from the church. And uh, I listened to the talk that the media took the excerpts from. And, uh, you know, uh, what the media said was true, except he did not say that the deaths were the will of God. That's something the media put in there. But, but it, it nonetheless, the response was not good. And I think, Father, what would the difference have been if somebody would have stood up and said, we are so sorry. We are so sorry. Um, we didn't know uh, the guidelines or we, d we interpreted them improperly or whatever. It's a real, we got to take, this is a lesson for us. This is a living lesson for us. And there was none of that. There was no contrition. There was no compassion. There was no sense, I'm sorry this happened. If there's anything we can do to help, uh, we will help. There was none of that. And, uh, and unfortunately, once again, the, the lines have been drawn, you know, and, me and you saw the premier. The premier was incredibly intense and angry. Um, but we need to learn from this. We need to learn about loving our neighbor in COVID and what that looks like. Because it's a, different, it's a different situation. But you might say, well, who is our neighbor? And the Good Samaritan really explains it. Um, and in the, in the Good Samaritan story, I won't read it all, but what happens is a Jewish person is going from Jerusalem down to Jericho. I've driven that road, and it's 20 minutes all the way down. So he's going down to Jericho. And he gets beat up. He gets mugged. And three people are involved. Two people, like he gets mugged and then he's in the ditch. And then two people walk right past him. One is a priest and the other is a Levite. And the Levite is somebody who used to help the priests in the tabernacle, in the temple to do religious service. So both of these people were religious people. And they walked right by him because they, they just 
could have cared less. I guess I didn't want to get involved. But one person did not, and he was a Samaritan. And as you know, uh, Samaritans and Jews are, at that time, were enemies. They didn't have anything to do with each other, and they hated each other. And there was a great divide between them. Jesus did that on purpose. He used that example on purpose. Love those who disagree with you, who offend you, who are on the other side of the spiritual, you know, side of things, the sociological side of things. God, Jesus is calling us to love those people and to take care of them. In this case, he actually, and he's very clear, take care of them, see that they're well, and go out of your way, which means come out of your convenience of thought and the way you want to live, to come out of that to help those people. We didn't see that in this situation. We saw quite the opposite. And uh, no judgment on, on, wha on what they're doing. It's just we have to learn from this so we don't <laughs> get in that situation, right? It's This is so important. This kind of love is so important because for the first time that I know of, that I can remember, I don't know if there was another time, maybe the Reformation or something, very clear lines of opposition have developed within the church because of COVID. Very this this great divide. It started with Trump. And we started to see this this divide going on. And neither yay nor nay about Trump, but we just noticed that there was all of a sudden these this divide happening. And now we're in COVID and we're seeing the same thing. We're seeing this divide in the church. It doesn't really matter why, but the fact is it is real and it's happening. And you go, okay, this is crazy. <coughs> I meet with a couple pastors every second Wednesday and one of them came in and he uh, recounted an email that he recently got from a group of Christ uh, from a Christian friend of his, and I know the person, and it's a normal, great Christian. But this pastor had invited them to something, and they sent back an email and said, we are not going to have any association with a church that adheres to COVID protocols. And these are Christians I've known for 30 years. I'm telling you, folks, something's afoot. There is nothing, there is nothing that should divide us as a family of faith. And, I mean, trust me, the day is coming where you and I are going to need us. We're going to need each other. And there's going to be all this offense in the body when we actually start needing each other and needing to support each other and needing to do what is, what is necessary. Galatians 5, 14 to 15, for the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out, beware of destroying one another. This is what's trying to happen. I had a conversation with a, a dear friend of mine. Um, and uh, I mean, this guy, I, I honestly, I do not know of anybody who in my life I've met who exemplifies the person of Jesus Christ better than this person does. I honor him way above myself in, in those things. But, you know, we got talking. I had not heard from him for quite some time, a couple of years. And he started talking about <laughs> the vaccine. And I went, oh, no. <laughs> oh, here it is again. And... Uh, and he really believes some of the more um, uh, dramatic things about what the vaccine is and is not. And he has chosen not to be vaccinated, which is fine. That's his, his right. Um, but as he was talking about these things, I, I said, Father, how do I associate with him? How do I go around all this and just go to what binds us, to what brings us together? And I let him say his piece, and I didn't say much about it. I just said, you know, well, that, you know, if that's the way you want to go, uh, that's okay. That's your right, and that's and I respect it, and I honestly do. I'm not going. Oh, I honestly respect it. He feels the way he feels, but.
But what was beautiful is as I brought it back, and, and he's a person of spiritual goodness. So he didn't let it get in the way of us being friends and being brothers and being uh, able to, and we went on and had a wonderful conversation about God and we prayed for each other and it was beautiful. And I said, God, it can be done. Because he really believed some of the more uh, like far out ideas about the, uh, the virus or about the vaccine. So it can be done, but you have to work at it. This is what loving your neighbor in COVID looks like. We have to get around it and we have to go to what is rich between us, what is loving between us, the things that are good and holy and true. You know, get on to those things. People are sending out emails, I get them, trying to convince me or at least educate me about the, v the vaccine. That is not doing any good. Don't. Keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself. Let's not, let's not try to convince each other of anything. Let's try to encourage each other in the comfort of Christ. Let's speak to each other in songs and psalms and encourage each other about the faith. And, and because I'm telling you, times are coming where we're going to need each other. And when there is this residue of division and acrimony, if you believe a certain thing, then believe it and hold it to yourself. But once we start trying to propagate our points of view, oh man, I will stand and always propagate our unity. I will always talk and, and try to admonish us to come under uh, the love of Christ and that God wants to comfort us and as he was here today and, and all those things. But when we start getting on an ideological point, because it is an ideological point. It's not a scriptural thing. This is an ideology. This is a belief in an, in an idea. And when we start entrenching ourselves in those things, get ready. We will start backbiting, dividing, and creating harm and hurt and offense. Titus 3 and 2, talking some advice to us as Christians. They must not slander anyone and must avoid quarreling. See, we can read that stuff and we think, oh, we're just talking about me and my wife or something. No, the, this, is, this is where the tire of our faith really hits the road. He's saying they must not slander anyone and must avoid quarreling, talking about leaders. Instead, they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. If that, if the pastor would have stood up and showed some humility of any sort. I don't want to judge him. It's just an example. I know he, he really felt strongly that he was to do what he was to do. And, that, and I just leave that between him and God. I don't judge him for it. All I know is that we have been left with this situation. And you look, how could that have been done better, maybe? And you just say, if someone would have stood up and just said, we're so sorry, and showed some humility. You know, Paul is talking to the Corinthians and he's talking about them going to court with each other and making just a farce out of the faith, arguing these things in public. And he said, why wouldn't you rather just be offended? Just take the offense and, and be quiet and show some humility. That's what he's saying to them. And in this way, the faith would not be made fun of in the public. And, and that's really what we're called to do. Like, just don't quarrel about it. Don't get into the fray of it because the devil is trying to divide the church because he knows what's coming. He knows what's happening. Jesus is coming back. That's what's happening. And, the, and when Jesus comes back, the last thing he needs to come back to are a bunch of Christians squabbling in the, on the floor about something that doesn't really matter. But to to be united in what is true and what is necessary. And that is the focus on Christ and our unity in him. That God has died on a cross and forgiven our sins. And that he is walking with us through this very broken world. And he is enabling someone to stand up at a microphone and say what a good father he is 
and how he has met his needs and comforted him over the years. That's, a, that's something to get unified around. That's, remember those things. Jesus, when he's talking about the end times, he said, sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. That's not just in the world. That's in the church. That's everywhere. That things will get so dark and so hard and we're not, we're not there yet, but boy, oh boy, I don't know how much further we have to go. You know what I'm saying? But the, the, the thing that Jesus is admonishing here is he's saying, don't let your heart grow cold. Don't let it just give up to hate and give up to anger and give up to division and give up to those things. That's how the heart grows cold. As we start dividing and start separating and separate and separate and separate, before you know it, you're alone. You're alone. And finally, Peter 4, 15 to 16. If you suffer, however, he's talking to the saints. If you suffer, however, it must not be for murder, stealing, making trouble, or prying into another person's affairs. But it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by his name. So, you know, what Peter is saying here is he's saying, listen, if you're going to, if you're going to suffer, make sure it's for a good reason, <laughs> right? Don't get caught up in all this controversy and, and prying in other people's beliefs and other people, what they believe in. They blah, 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 blah. Don't, get, don't get in that. That's not what we're called to suffer for. That's not persecution. That's getting, you know, that's getting what you get when you're prying and doing and in the wrong business. The day is coming, and I, I listen to... Ray, I was saying this to Bill and Mary before the service this week. I'm in this mentoring program, and I've been in it for three years by Ray Dirksen from uh, Social Land Church in Winnipeg. I've talked about it. Ray's uh, been a Christian all his life, and he's in his late 60s. And he has been saying to us over the last year, over and over again, and this week they had a world summit, and it was broadcast to all the different people that are in this renewal program uh, around the world. There's about 750 people online at the time, and he spent his whole time talking about the fact that a day is coming, and he thinks soon, but who knows, where being a Christian, not holding an opinion about a, about a vaccine or something, but being a Christian, is going to be something that is going to be dangerous and it's going to cost us something. And we, and it's true, it is true. There is a day coming, and I say it because Jesus told us, previous to this Matthew 24 thing that I quoted, Jesus says in the text above it, he says, the whole world is going to hate you because you follow me. Not because you have a certain ideological, political stance. That's your own business. And if you want to catch flack about that, then go ahead. But he said, this is the stuff that you will really suffer for. And the day is coming where what you and I believe as traditional conservative Christian doctrine is not going to be tolerated in our culture and in our society. And... It, that may come sooner than we know. Who knows? Things like this week do not help it. They just don't help it much. Um, but the fact is, we need to be unified around what is important. We need to be unified around Scripture. We need to, and I know there's different, different things, but on how you apply and live Scripture, but you know what I'm saying. We need to be unified as a body and not letting trivial little things come in because trust me, the vaccine is trivial compared to what's coming. Don't get lost in this because if you get lost in this, holy cow, what's going to happen over here? If this little thing that's come into our lives, I won't say little, it's bigger, it's bigger than that, but this thing that has come into our lives, if this is allowing the body to go left and right, 
what is real persecution going to be? We have to practice being together now. COVID is an opportunity for us to reach over the, the, the aisle of difference and keep the body and the unity of spirit. This is not a time to, to draw lines and send emails out to try to convince people of your, your personal perspective. This is a time to put that away and reach over and grab the hand of someone who disagrees with you and agree with them in what is important. And that is that we are the followers of Jesus Christ and that we believe there is a Savior who came to save the world. And there's one that is coming back. He's coming back. And you better be ready because he ain't coming back to do coddling, nice, little, cozy come-to-me's. He's going to come back as a very powerful force of judgment. So y'all got to get on the train now. Long train coming. You know, long train coming, as Bob Dylan sang. So the fact is we now have to reach over. This is a practice. This is an opportunity for us to practice. And even that guy, in the pastor in Amherst, we prayed for him. That's the first thing we did. And, you know, the two pastors that were with me, one of them just broke down crying because of the way this church handled this situation and the harm it has brought. And he just broke down crying. He said, it's, it's just not the way God wants it to be. And so I guess what God's saying to us this morning, he's saying a couple of things. Comfort, beautiful no statement about comfort, that though the situation may not be great, I'm with you, I'll comfort you, I'll give you the ability to go through it. And also the idea of reaching over the aisle of division and to not let that be a block, but to really find a way to reach and unite, as I did with my friend, um, to be able to find, and, and you will find it, because deep will call unto deep the spirit of Christ in you will call out to the spirit of Christ in them and there will be unity. But we have to work at it. We have to, and we need to be the ones, Christians need to be the ones who make the first step of reconciliation. We're the ones who make the step of peace. We're the, the repairers of the breach. We're the ones who, who will do that reaching over. Even if we have to just completely shut down everything that is... But we reach over and say in faith and in love, we are brothers and sisters. Father, I, I just pray this morning, um, Lord, that you would show us how to do this as things continue to ramp up around COVID and, and some of the divisions that are happening. Lord, help us to know how to be the repairers of the breach and help us to know how to use the gift of the Holy Spirit within us to reach and create unity instead of, Father God, divide. And to help us keep focused on you, Jesus, on the things that are good and holy and true and, and just, to, to stay on those things, things about your salvation, things about your comfort, things about your goodness, the things that unite us. Father, I pray, teach us all how to do this. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, pretty strange times, huh? Um, we'll take up an offering. Uh, those cards are back there. Heather has the basket. And uh, we asked last week if you would, if you wanted to, to just dip in and take one of those cards and just pray for that. Um, if you get your own, <laughs> we'll just put it back in. <laughs> um, but uh, just take that home. Put it on your fridge or, or something and just pray for that person. Uh, last week it was left up here so people couldn't get at it because we were doing prayer. So that's there also. And uh, um, some clothes were donated and uh, they're downstairs all spread out. It's mostly for, uh, I would say, pretty thin people. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, it's women's clothing. Um, but uh, anyway, there's some stuff down there and it's, it's good stuff if you want to have a look at that. You can just go down and take whatever you want. That's fine. Um, just finally, about the protocols, just so that you know. I mean, it, it, it took some real, oh, what is it saying? But what it, say, what it says is that because we are an essential service, anybody can come into this church on Sunday during the service 
without being vaccinated. We don't have to have, and that's and thank God for that, right? And um, and one of the big worries that we had this week was that the liberals were trying to make all services fully vaxxed services. That would be terrible. But the premier has not gone that way, and thank God for Dr. Strang, uh, because he's he stood up and he said no. Most churches are being very compliant and there's no problem and everything is going good. This was an outlier. This was for whatever reason a mistake or whatever happened there. So, but that's the way it is on Sundays. Now, anything else we do, we could have a meal after service. This is where it gets crazy. And you all you people could be here. And if we have a meal, set up tables, then you have to be vaxxed. Um, if we come for a Bible study during the week, you need to be vaxxed. But what's crazy is you can go to your house and do it, and you don't. <laughs> I don't know. That's just crazy. But uh, but the reason those guidelines are there is to stop situations like what happened in Amherst. That's what it's that's what it's designed to do, so that you won't have just a bunch of people willy nilly coming in and uh, you know and all this stuff. Um, so it was done for that reason. Unfortunately, the net also catches smaller events. Um, and we go, it doesn't make sense, but that's why that is there. Um, so that's what the protocols say so far. And let's, let's just hope it stays there uh, and it doesn't get more restrictive. Um, because in Europe it is, it's getting more restrictive. So um, any comments on that? I, I, like I know it's a, it's a it's a hot issue. It's a tough issue. Anyone have any questions about it? Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they see it the same way as going to a restaurant or to a theater or something like that. Or a gym. Yeah. Same. Same way. And uh, I know, like, there's all kinds of ways you could... Well, that doesn't make sense, and well, that doesn't make sense. But they're trying, the, the, what they're trying, Strang is trying to do is trying to balance the s the what is really s needed, which is the Sunday service for sure. You know, that is an essential service for mental health, absolutely. Um, but Islam is having a real tough time with it because their faith requires five times a day prayer. And many of them will go into the mosque to do that. So then you get, what's that? So they've got a real struggle, they, you know, with their situation. But again, it, the government trying to go, okay, what's, what's essential? What do we really want to make sure that they can access? But what we don't want it to get willy-nilly, right? Where you get a whole bunch of people coming in and no one's doing any kind of, you know, protection or anything like that. So... Yeah, it's it's crazy times. It is. And a lot of it doesn't make sense. You know what? The politicians haven't been here before. They don't know what to do. They're going by what the next guy's saying. And, what the, and they're just, you know, everyone's trying to do their best. And we really need to pray for our politicians. We need to pray for these people that are trying to make decisions about things that, because it's, it's a, it's a, a no-win scenario for them. No matter what they do, someone's going to be upset. And they, they, you know, they're hollering and screaming. Uh, so it, it really is a no-win scenario. We need to have real compassion for our leaders. They're not up there, like, trying to be a problem. They're trying to do what's right as best they know how with the, with the voices they're hearing. Um, so, um, yeah. Any other comments? Any other I think that's why, you know, the Bible calls us to pray for our leaders and, uh, you know, to have compassion for them and to, so that's what we'll do. Father, this morning we just pray for our, our uh, political leaders, our leaders within the medical system and leaders within the churches, Father God. It, this is a hard time. It's hard. And we really need your comfort during this time, your comfort of wisdom and, and knowledge of knowing what the right thing is to do. I pray for our premier and for Dr. Strang and all the people that are trying to make sense out of this ever-moving target 
that is called COVID. We pray you give them wisdom. And uh, we pray that you would, Father God, cause them to, in the midst of their own unknowing, reach out to you and ask you for help. So, Father, we just pray. We speak wisdom and we speak peace and grace over our leaders. And, uh, and I pray for the unity within the body of Christ. That, Father, we would not take offense. That we would not give offense. But that we would be people of forgiveness and grace and mercy and compassion, Father God. For all people in all situations. And, Father, that the world would truly know us because of our love. Father God, and our unity. In Jesus' name, amen.